0: Leaked documents have revealed Putin's designs on other European countries, not just Ukraine. We are going to be breaking that down, plus all the news from the front lines. It's February 22nd, 2022. This is your daily Ukraine update. I'm Paul, U.S. Army combat veteran. Let's get into it. Things are already chaotic because I'm saying all my stuff in the wrong order. Uh, this is actually one of the quietest days in terms of frontline uh, changes that we've seen in a while. Uh, when we look, we can see that the report is only minor clarifications, which is itself interesting news because, as we know, Bachmet, uh Russians achieved this sort of breakthrough outside Yadhine, but then... We're unable to capitalize on it. Ukrainian forces seem to have stopped them along this line here. And this is significant uh, because it reflects, again, some of the stories that we've heard that much of Russian combat power has been allocated to the front. There isn't really much of anyone left to exploit breakthroughs like this. Um, and Russia just seems to lack the tactical flexibility to uh, take advantage of favorable situations, right? Y- Ukraine with its better command and control is able to uh, plug these gaps in the line. Of course, when we look at the combat map, you can see that uh, there's no reported combat. And while it's possible that this, that all of Russia is taking a sort of refit day um, and reconstituting some of their their attrited forces, I think it's more likely that this is just a reporting error. Um, But still, there's not significant changes to control. But none of this is the real story that we wanted to talk about. The one we wanted to talk about is this. Leaked documents uh, obtained by a consortium of investigative journalists show Russia's plans to annex Belarus. The document was written for Putin's presidential administration, their equivalent of the White House, um, and describes how Russia plans to incorporate Belarus into a union state with Russia. Uh, This is really pretty significant, uh, mostly because one of the statements that Ukrainian forces and especially foreign volunteers in the Ukrainian Legion have said is that they believe that Russia has designs on other European countries, and if they're not stopped in Ukraine, they'll be able to implement them. This uh, document seems to indicate that those thoughts were entirely correct. And I'll tell you, I sort of was skeptical as well. Um, But you remember early in the conflict, there was other leaked documents that indicated that uh, Russian forces may have uh, aspired to take Moldova, um, another country in Russia's sort of uh, what it believes is its sphere of influence. And the document outlines in granular detail a sort of cr- a policy of creeping annexation um, across a number of uh political economic cultural domains uh and it's worth noting that belarus is an independent country but is much smaller than and is heavily influenced by russia um it's been notable of course that lukashenko the president of belarus you can see his picture right here has refused to commit his armed forces to fighting in ukraine um much to the frustration of putin and while they do have some significant level of defense cooperation it's really I think pretty important to recognize that uh, Lukashenko is and belarus are are an independent polity they aren't Russian satellites um, and unlike in Ukraine where Russia's strategy involved the use of force in Belarus it expects to be able to coerce the country into incorporation um, and the Document includes a systematic harmonization of Belarusian laws with the Russian Federation, a coordinated foreign and defense policy, trade and economic cooperation that prioritizes Russian interests, and ensuring the predominant influence of the Russian Federation in socio political, trade economic, scientific, educational, and cultural information spheres. This is straight out of the Soviet Cold War playbook. One of the things that's an interesting uh, story is that the early Soviet Soviet Union aspired to be a, uh, ex- a, a diverse polity where uh, linguistic and ethnic subgroups had considerable say in their own affairs and in the affairs of, of the state. But during the 1930s and the Stalinist era, you saw that rolled back. There became an increasing belief that Russia, Russification, or the idea of that that Russian language, uh, Russian culture, and Russian priorities uh, were going to take precedence over uh, other linguistic cultural groups, right? This includes cultural groups that exist within the Russian state uh, you know, like the Yakut or the Chechens. You also, of course, had other states that were explicitly their own states within the USSR, right? It's the USSR in English, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Uh, Ukraine, for example, was considered a quasi-independent Soviet uh, republic within the Soviet system. And so, but you sort of end up, it's, it's, inevitable that when you have these sort of systems um, where final decision-making authority rests in Moscow, that priorities are um, Not just priorities, but uh, cultural belief systems about the best way to live um, get universally agreed upon in Moscow and then imposed on these states regardless of whether they want them or not. Um, This is uh, true of both the Soviet system and other independent countries within the Iron Curtain, like Poland. and. This is sort of how the Soviets ran things, right? They were common, they were known to uh, break up or forcibly deport concentrations of ethnic and linguistic minorities. They would often import Russian officials expressly to change the uh balance of power among ethnic and linguistic groups within a region uh, of course th- things like being taught the russian language being taught less and less about their own history and more and more about a soviet history about a russian oriented history um All of these things were part of a Soviet campaign to make non-Russian peoples more Russian. This is, again, partially uh, because Russia believed that its way of life in the Soviet era was the best uh, and that they they were the most enlightened um, and that, you know, rural or regional backwaters needed this this enlightenment uh, forced on them you also of course had simple uh A sort of colonial type of system, right? When all the final decision making authority rests in Moscow, the needs of Muscovites and the needs of the Russian state are going to take precedence over other countries. The biggest and most jarring example is the Holodomor in Ukraine, right? Uh, Millions of Ukrainians starved to death in the late 1930s um, during a famine. Meanwhile, the Soviet Union continued to export millions of tons of. Of grain to other countries overseas. This is because they needed to export the grain to buy other things that the state thought was important. Um, and the state believed that was more important than preventing millions of deaths of their citizens because Ukrainian interests simply weren't a factor for the Kremlin. Um, and this would be almost certainly the fate of Belarus, right? Uh, where, you know, the incorporation of Belarus into a Belarusian uh, Russian Union is it almost certainly means that Belarus will become subordinated to russia and the union state of course is a threat for the belarusian people and belarusian statehood uh says a belarusian opposition leader who lives in exile uh who you know made the mistake of contesting content actually running for election in, in belarus belarus's last election um of course it's a collaboration between swedish polish german uh Ukrainian uh, and American—oh, uh, and Estonian and London investigative journalists. Um, it's The dogma is prepared by a group called the Presidential Directorate for Cross-Border Cooperation, who in actually answers to Putin's deputy chief of staff, so a fairly high-level office. Uh, usually, that's too high-level to be considered symbolic. Um, the— the organization focuses on um, how Russia can exert control and leverage over neighboring countries that Russia believes is it within its sphere of influence, namely post-Soviet countries like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Belarus, Ukraine, and Moldova. And this is... Um, while Belarus is not really a democracy, they are under the dictatorship of Lukashenko, who in turn has some level of connection to Putin. Um, it's And he is not a good person by any means. Um, the idea that Russia has uh, the right or authority to annex these other countries is Preposterous, right? Um, and you can see here in November 2021, this program already seemed to have gotten underway with Luke Putin and Lukashenko signing 28 different integration programs, mainly focused on economic and regulatory questions. They also designed a joint military doctrine. Um, but There were no discussions of fusing the two countries politically. And as we know, Lukashenko very, very much committed to keeping his army out of the Ukraine conflict. Um, Still, uh, you know, this Lukashenko continues to, of course, exert his own uh, independence and probably will do so. Uh, increasingly, as Russia's economic and military power gets uh, divided, you're probably going to s- or gets attrited down in Ukraine. You're going to see Belarus become more demanding since it's going to be a more developed and stronger militarily uh, relative to Russia. Of course, the list, uh, the strategy of annexation has short-term, mid-term, and long-term strategies across political, military, and defense sectors, humanitarian sector, and trade economy. Um, They are actually, the say that they want to form pro-Russian sentiments in political and military elites and the population, in 2022 uh, and limiting the influence of Belarusian nationalists or pro Western forces in Belarus. This is uh, pretty predictable. Um, all right. It, 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 it's victory condition is of course the completion of constitutional reform in Belarus uh, that would reflect Russian priorities. Uh, many of which have already taken place again, an indication that this document is more than just empty writing. Um, In February 2022, the amendments were put to referenda, um, removing the neutrality of Belarus from its constitutions, uh, and the referendum, of course, passed. Right. By 2025, there would need to be sustainable pro-Russian groups of influence in politics, military and business. So probably funding their own political party, um, as well as establishing connections with with businesses, major businesses and the military, um, of course, an increased Russian military presence and a uh procedure for issuing russian passports to Belarusian citizens um this is again a classic russian move sort of like imagine if uh uh you know china was to sit there and go hey even if you were born in the united states you know we make it easy for you to get a chinese passport it helps build um loyalty emotional loyalty but also uh administrative loyalty um And handing out passports again to uh, Russian speakers in a region where when when the people have never been citizens of Russia, it's a pretty common uh, Russian move. And anyway, you guys can see this is really Putin's uh, reflective of Putin's actual designs on the country and Again, a lot of his statements about this being defensive or an inevitable conflict uh, with the West and that he wishes he didn't have to invade Ukraine is, makes it pretty clear this isn't the case. This is someone with um, uh, colonial, colonial-like ambitions over his neighboring states. Anyway, guys, today we are going to be dropping a Patreon video. Uh I know usually it's on a Friday, but we are going to be taking a look at the full trench video. Uh, I think it's like nine minutes long and we're going to be breaking the whole thing down. So thanks so much to our Colonel Tier Patrons, EC 1978, Predator Seven R, Judith Haynes, all our lieutenant tier patrons and all the patrons of Patreon. You guys let me do what I uh you guys let me do this and it means the world to me. And I will see you guys in the next one.